Hello and welcome to the first Interrupted Art podcast that we're doing with the movers and shakers of the art and design world. And the first guest that we have today, I'd like to introduce you to Lucy Donovan, who is a girl and gallery. Hello. So you might know her from her TikTok and Instagram as girl and gallery. And she describes herself as an art enthusiast mm -hmm. and a content creator. Um, she's amassed over 80,000 followers on Instagram and has over 4 million likes on TikTok. Um, mm. And you're just an absolute social media powerhouse <laughs> that's, you know, genuinely changing the way that people enjoy and access art. So, oh, so I appreciate pleased to have that. you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, so pleased you could come. And um, I guess the first thing I want to ask mm -hmm. is who is the girl behind Girl and Gallery? Well, hello, my name is Lucy, and I'm obsessed with art. That's, I guess, where it really comes from. Um, well, I guess to start, I was, I'm was i from Boston in the U.S., so um, you may tell by my accent. Yeah. <laughs> I, growing up, I was always very creative in some senses. I don't think I would label myself an artist. Um, I do love them, though. Mm. Always was in little art classes at school, would do art stuff on the weekends. Um, my best friend, Hannah, who I grew up with, um, she, both of her parents are architects, so they were a very artistically minded family, and they had a craft room, and I do remember growing up doing a lot of stuff with Hannah, and she was the person who I went to a lot of museums with when I started to get a little bit older. Um, the MFA in Boston, we would just go in the summer um, and we found this hallway that we would just sit in. Like we were in there for hours and hours and hours because her parents had the membership. So mm. we had the hookup there. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's kind of where my love for it grew. Um, moved to New York after high school. The Whitney was my favorite place to go and wander around when I had nothing to do. Um, so it's always been a love of mine, but it wasn't necessarily something that I intended on being um, my day to day or as, um, intertwined with my day to day as it is now. Um, that kind of started when I moved to London and I re realized that the museums here are free, which is so fantastic because <laughs> I can't say the same for that in Boston. No, It's wild. Um, every time I go to the U S oh, I want to, you know, go to, especially everything. New York, you want to go to all of the galleries there yeah. and it's, you know, if you um, go from one to the other, you're spending hundreds of dollars. Just oh, yeah. Like you're going to spend over $100 on it. Yeah. I actually have uh, a Museum of Fine Arts from Boston ticket still in my bag. And it fell out the other day and I looked at it and I just shook my head. It was $25. Yeah. Which, I mean, that museum is huge and it's beautiful. And I understand that, like, trust me, I support the arts. I'm happy to, to pay it if, if you really want to go. But it is a bit much. Yeah. And especially when you're talking about, you know, going to other museums and spending entire days there and your mm -hmm. friend's parents having a pass oh, to yeah. be able to go and then you can Thank just... you so much Stephanie Goldberg for all the wonderful membership opportunities <laughs> we'll be sending this to her <laughs> This is a quick shout out Oh yeah um, But it just it, it does mean that you feel like you can go anytime that you want to Oh yeah And it's more like a civic space or like mm -hmm. somewhere that you'll go on the weekend rather than it having to be this dedicated ride Yeah We're paying for this Less ticket, of an obligation so in some to... sense Yeah absolutely yeah. I know I completely agree You have to sort of milk it for everything it has you know, Oh yeah Every exhibit mm -hmm. Even if you don't want to mm -hmm. 
Like still... my my dad and I went um, when I went home for Christmas, and we were wandering around. And these we have a fine art. They have a lot of older art, which some of it's gorgeous, some of it's incredibly boring, to be honest. Mm. So there were whole wings that we just didn't go in. Like I, I appreciate art, but I do not need to see another Egyptian sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, I'd much rather go find you know John Singer Sargent or something like yeah. that. Um, so it's just preference. Over the British Museum. Then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't ever been to it to be oh, honest. Oh, um, maybe like, once years ago, but I haven't. Uh, I haven't oh. been. It's so much more than that. I mean, I'll you take know. your word for it. Yeah. I've been to the Tate Britain. Well, that's something. You know, this is so silly, <laughs> but before, like when I first got here, I actually thought the British Museum and the Tate Britain were the same thing. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> no, but I'm not surprised. Like Tate Britain, you know, Tate Modern has mm. such a you know, a global brand. Oh, yeah, I love that museum so, so much. I know, it's a wonderful place. Yeah. So Tate Britain almost feels like the quieter, mm. little sort of younger sister. Yes. Tucked away in Pimlico. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't necessarily, unless there was something specific I think you wanted to go and see, Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily be yeah, drawn yeah, there. Whereas exactly. Whereas like Tate Modern's the big sort of blockbuster, shiny Kusamas mm-hmm. and, you know. They have the big names there. Well, they did have the Van Gogh exhibit a few years ago at the Tate Britain. They did. I went to that with my mum, actually. Yeah. That was really nice. How did you, you know, you've talked about this has been something of a hobby for you, you know, growing up, going to museums and enjoying yeah. art. But then where, when did the transition change from just sort of going around enjoying to thinking, I want to share this with people and I want to become a content creator and focus on art? Yeah, so it was the year, it was my summer before my last year of uni. Mm. Um, and... I wanted an internship in something interesting. My uni job, I was just working at a clothing store. Um, so I wanted something with a little more flair. Mm-hmm. I did love the discount, though. And my, <laughs> I made a lot. Of, all my friends from London are from that store, to be honest. But um, so I'm very grateful for that. But I wanted a little something else. Mm. And what was I obsessed with other than clothes was art. And so I thought, why don't I just try to get an internship at a gallery? So... When I tell you that I quite literally knocked on the door of every gallery in Mayfair, I would spend, I spent about three days walking up and down, going in and asking for an email. Um, If they didn't answer the door or if there was no one in there, I would just get their phone number and call them and ask, find an email. I went on some, any website I could possibly find that had emails of people on it. Like I, I probably called and applied to maybe just shy of a hundred galleries and museums and everything like if I everything even the ones that I wasn't even the biggest fan of I didn't care I just Just wanted to to do it yes wanted to try um and I did it in August which we all know well what I know now (laughs) the art world is very quiet in August it is a bit of a yeah it gets sleepy so it does the galleries that were interested were like oh come back in September October you know, things start to pick up like when Freeze, the big art fair, um, comes back. And I just thought, well, I, yeah. I have my marketing lectures in September. I can't, I can't be doing that. So it just didn't work out. It wasn't the right time. Um, and then after uni, I have, well, I do have a day job. Um, and I wanted like a little passion project or something. I just wanted to make something. Mm. And... I thought about art, and I'm not an art- artist, so what co- else could I do but talk about it? Talk about it all the time. Yeah, it sounds like a very natural evolution from, like, yeah. 
going on the weekends and feeling very passionate yeah. about art. And I was actually, going anyways. Yeah, and so. then sharing it on, on social media yeah. and taking it from there. I just wanted to get stick my fingers in the pies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. More Away from the Mayfair galleries. Yeah. Thank goodness. Mm. Um, so you're in, we've already sort of touched on how incredibly popular you are on social media and it's not just Instagram and TikTok that you're on you mm-hmm. also you've recently launched your own YouTube channel yes um where you're um you're doing your behind the scene videos on there and then also you're doing a podcast mm-hmm. and which you can find on Apple Music and on Spotify yes so look for girl and gallery <laughs> you can watch um, it on YouTube too <laughs> on YouTube find her on YouTube um but you know, we've talked, we've, we've said, you know, the numbers, 80,000 here and 4 million there and, you know, 100 and, I mean, what is 160,000 um, followers on TikTok? Yeah, about that, yeah. Yeah, just about that. <laughs> casual, so casual about how many I have. Um, and, and hundreds of thousands of views. So what do you think it is about what you're doing mm-hmm. that is engaging people so well? You know, what, mm-hmm. what's the kind of special source that you have? Your superpower. <laughs> Well, I think that, okay, I'm trying not to ramble too much in a backstory, but it's just where my mind goes. I always liked in school when things were explained and broken down a lot. Mm. I need all the bits and pieces to, to get something. Like, I need to know why. Like, math class was absolutely, completely, and utterly miserable for me. And I had a tutor for six years, and it still didn't go so well. Oh, I don't think you're alone uh, in that. You know, <laughs> math dislikers unite. But um, I liked things really, really broken down, and I was always obsessed with taking notes. Like, I need all the pieces. So when I explain art, or not explain it, but share it, I like to break it down as much as possible in the way that I can understand it best mm. to then better explain it to somebody else. Even in the sense of like, if someone asks me for directions in the street, I have a really hard time keeping it to a minimum and not telling them what's on every corner of yeah. what they have to turn on <laughs> yeah. instead of just saying, oh yeah, two lefts and a right. Mm. I'm like, no, you need to take a left at the chip shop and then go up the around the corner and then you'll get to box park and you need to do it. I yeah. over explain things, yeah. but I think that's come in handy. And I try not to use too many fluffy words. I'm I'm not a thesaurus. I use the word cool and vibe at nauseum way too much. And even if I do use a big word, I try to explain it or repeat it in an easier way because I don't want anyone to feel like they can't understand what I'm saying. Mm. So it's just not nice. I don't want anyone to feel like they can't engage. No. You know what I mean? Like that's even a, saying a, at nauseum, yeah. that's a, I would normally not use a big word like that on TikTok because I don't want people to be like, what does that mean? If mm. you, if you want to find something or you want to understand what I'm saying, I want you to be able to hear it from me. I don't want you to, have to do any extra work to go look at it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like mm. even the word like medium, like an artist's medium, a medium is the type of material that they use to create the art like charcoal paint whatever blah 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 so I'd want that explained in the video I don't want them to have to um trying to think of the right word just sort of you know get I mean I do this when I'm reading things and then whether it's on you know an app or whatever and if it's something I don't really understand you then get off it and then Mm -hmm. you like feel like you have to google it and then you're trying to commit it to your memory and then you know go back on it does Mm -hmm. feel like hard work yeah and I think that you know we've spoken about this before that with language Mm. historic language to talk about art or describe art 
can be really difficult to it's very poetic. Get, yeah, it's poetic. <laughs> it is this sort of yeah, gorgeous language, which I think is valuable in the way, you know, when you're talking about music or you're talking about architecture, there there's a certain yeah. language with which you can communicate to an artist or a curator. It's um, also more concise sometimes to use a bigger word. It can. It, at yeah. times. It gets your point across. Yes, it does. Yes. It does. But the flip side of that, it means that it then becomes this other thing that you, if you're not from that art world yeah. background and you don't understand that distinct mm-hmm. language that people are using. Art. No, yeah. exactly. Then you're very exclusionary. It, you feel like you're, it's not for you. And yeah. I think what you're doing... You know, is is the complete opposite of that. You can go into different galleries, um, institutions, and mm-hmm. and Mayfair galleries and things like that. And if they have any explainer, sometimes they don't at all. Um, they will have a plaque or like a display label, and they will talk about the artwork there, and it'll yeah. be an enormous paragraph. And half the words, you know, they you might not. Oh have yeah, it's a thesaurus. You need a thesaurus. Or, yeah, absolutely. And that can be really. Um, difficult for people it's annoying it's annoying like I do some I mean to be honest I do love listening to people talk about art and use all these words that are just so like floral almost they they sound like these big floral arrangements they're so grand but I don't think that's helpful to people that don't care Mm. they just want to know what it's about you you don't need all that I think with you know thinking about the art world generally it can feel like a very exclusive mm. place. And I mean, that's exactly the, you know, that's the polar opposite of what you're doing. That's mm. the opposite of what we're doing. Yeah. It's very much that, you know, you want to present art as something to It is enjoy. for everybody. Yeah. yeah. It was made to, to be feel... seen. It's on a wall to look at. Yeah. It's not in a closet. Unless it's an NFT and we'll get onto that oh, later, goodness, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't talk about art without oh, talking no. about an NFT. Um, but so do you... You know, considering what you do and how you do it, do you mm. think that the art world or institutions might have a bit of a problem with accessibility? At times, I think so. I mm. think it depends on. I think I think it, it it depends. It's subjective. I think that some galleries are really great about it, and some need to do better. Yeah, I, um, I agree. But at the same time, that being said. I don't think it's I don't think it's my responsibility to change their mind. I think that it's just going to happen. Like I'm not I'm not trying to convince. Hmm. I want people to feel I'm I'm more trying to remind people that they have a right to be where they want to go. I have been in situations in the art world where I am a little bit like, "Oh, I kind of feel like I got to stand up a little bit straighter, like it's a bit it can be a little intimidating, but at the same time, it's more of like, it's just not necessary mm. to feel intimidated because we're all people mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, you don't need to feel intimidated no. because if it wasn't meant to be seen, the door would not be unlocked. <laughs> they would not have public opening times. And there would not be on a wall with a spotlight on it and no. a description for you to read to learn about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's just silly. You have a right to go. It 
is absolutely and everyone should feel like that mm -hmm. but they don't have to go no because you are giving them <laughs> the behind the scenes tours um and you know you're you're finding all these amazing contemporary exciting artists and going behind the scenes of institu institutions that people wouldn't necessarily mm -hmm. go to sort of auction yeah. houses and things like that so you know it's it's all access from your home when mm. you're going onto your channels and things yeah like that, i hope i, I hope so yes yeah. yeah no i love it i love it i love you know i don't need to leave my house to go to sotheby's <laughs> you know sotheby's those galleries are open though I know. all those galleries are completely public they have a coffee shop for a reason they want people to come in and see it they do i think it's one of those places that you wouldn't because it's an auction house yeah you don't i didn't know until yeah you wouldn't necessarily yeah. think to go there mm -hmm. even though they have the most amazing collections and displays oh yeah no, the first time I went to Sotheby's was, I was doing um, something with TikTok at Sotheby's for this exhibit of crowns. Mm. It was for the two, Queen's Jubilee. Oh, wow. And it was, I quite, I had to be invited to realize that it was open. And ever mm. since then, like, I'll pop in if it looks nice. Like, yeah. there's no, it, they're, they call them private galleries, but they're privately owned. Yeah. Not private. Yeah. to a select group but it's perceived yeah. as i think sometimes they want private. that too yeah it gives them that prestige doesn't it and yeah the, and also i mystery guess that exactly art yeah and at the end of the day like i it's not lost on me that it is a business mm. and i i respect that like you you own a business you got to do what you got to do but you don't need to make people feel like they don't belong mm. to do what you got to do yeah. and i mean that in more of like a we understand that like things like scarcity and economics and blah, blah, blah. Like the reason that artists work gets more valuable when they pass away is because there's never going to be another one. And that's not necessarily art world missed as much as it is like basic like econ, mm. but they make mist around it to drive that up. And then it kind of takes a whole other side of the art world. That's not necessarily me, I'm just obsessed with it in the visual <laughs> and yeah. story sense. Mm. Like it, it goes up that way as well. But I don't know. I that's not my, not my circus, not my monkeys. No, no. You know. Yeah. So is it is what it is. But you don't need to. For people that love art, you don't need to involve yourself in that to appreciate it. Like Phillips Auction House, those big, huge windows that just make you want to look in. You can go in. They're public galleries for a reason. They have a huge public gallery space. It's beautiful. They have three floors of public gallery space. It's awesome. So, yeah, I love it. So you're encouraging people to take yes, the plunge. Yes, absolutely. Go like you have a flesh. right, of course. And that's like another side, I guess, of like my socials is that I want you to see it and get excited and like understand how cool it is, so that you get so giddy. <laughs> And you go and go as well. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So it's like, I want people to go out there and experience mm. it as well. Because like with like a Rothko painting, online, they look like peanut butter toast. They do. They look like jam and peanut butter on toast. They do. <laughs> in, in dark lighting. Exactly. You, know, you feel like you're going to, they've moved, they were, it, the Rothko paintings that were in Tate Modern, they've, yeah. um, I think a year or a year and a half ago, they moved them to Tate Britain. Mm. And um, they put them um, in a room right next to the Turners. Yeah. They go into the wing there. And um, it's almost it, that you could bump into them. Mm -hmm. 
that's how it feels. Yeah. Where they're, they're huge, but they you are. You feel like you can walk through them almost. Yeah. It's weird. But and you, you would never get that online. No, you wouldn't. And it's the scale as well. But mm. I, I completely see what you mean by yeah. peanut butter toast because the images, are, they feel flat, don't they? Yep. Um, but oh my God, that's so fun. I've never had anyone, <laughs> I've never had anyone talk about Roscoe and peanut butter toast. They the look like time. bread with jam spread perfectly in a, like a misty circle. I mean square. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Completely right. Um, yeah, you do have to do you have to see art in the flesh and I really mm -hmm. really believe that and it can be I mean you've you've already mentioned about how it can be incredibly emotional it can really oh, yeah. impact you and especially when you talk to artists like contemporary artists mm -hmm. um as well so Shamaya Khan who's an yep. interrupted art artist you've mm -hmm. interviewed her yeah and I know that in your interview you talk about her work and whether you know, do you want people to sort of know yeah. all about it yeah. or do you want them to figure it out for themselves? Mm -hmm. And she's torn when she gives that answer because she's yeah. like, I want them to kind of know a bit about it. But actually what I want, what I really want as an artist is for them to feel something, mm -hmm. to be moved by the yeah. artwork. And, you know, it's great to see artworks on websites and Instagram or TikTok, whatever, but it is a completely different experience. Um, when you go and see something in the flesh or you have something in your home, mm -hmm. you can, you know, it's it's more visceral. You can yeah. see the texture. You can you, yeah. you see the color with your eyes. Yeah. Not and the this, lumps in the paint. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're, you're not seeing this interpretation of the color through a, through a screen. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, I just think it's it's one of those things. I think it's so great that it you're using your channels to encourage people to enjoy art mm -hmm. so it was meant to that's what it's meant for yeah absolutely i'm sure most artists don't make their work not to be seen yeah and not to be enjoyed mm -hmm. they're not hiding it away well no some, some of them might some but, people might yeah but but we how would we know it's like if a tree falls in a forest does it make a sound it's like yeah. if an artist paints a painting and puts it in a closet yeah. you're not going to know about it no there's this you know? oh this so we you know, we were talking earlier about how we're very bad with names. And there's mm. this photographer <laughs> who I'll have to look up who was a nanny and yeah. I, in America. Oh. And oh. she, see, this Vivian. is. Vivian. What is her name? Oh, we have Vivian. I have Vivian her on my Mayer? Instagram. I need to, I will look her up. I know exactly who you mean. Yeah. He was a nanny and would take these amazing photographs and didn't show them to anyone. Yes. And kept them forever. And they only... Is it Vivian Mayer? Is it? It's definitely Vivian. Yes. It could it be It has Vivian to be an M. Um, we'll look it up. But yes, she, I love her. Um, kept all of these photographs and didn't ever share them with anyone. Not, you know, so it wasn't even that she didn't exhibit or anything like that. It was more that mm. it was her own private little project. Mm -hmm. And she really enjoyed it. And yeah. it's like the kind of... You know, the first selfies almost. Yes, She's taking yes. pictures of herself in reflective yeah. um, surfaces. And they're just wonderful. And I saw them at Photo London for the first time, mm -hmm. um, which is a, a photography um, art fair mm -hmm. um, held at Somerset House. And um, I, I mean, that was been like four or five years ago now. Mm -hmm. And they're just so great. But she's exactly the kind of artist yeah. that you know, hid them away. And then they yeah. were discovered once she'd passed away. Yeah, Weren't, Wasn't she taking those in like the 40s or yeah. something? Like they're quite old. But I guess, yeah, that's another thing that I always like 
I'm really big on trying to, I guess, remind people about art is like the context of it mm. sometimes is what makes it a bigger deal. Couldn't agree more. You know? Yeah. Like, um, what's his name? Yves Klein with mm. the blue, making his own color. Yeah. We think now it's it's literally just a blue canvas. Like, come on, dude. Like, you can do a bit better. <laughs> but in context, it's a lot bigger of a deal mm. because he made his own color and it was kind of like a moment in history. That's why Yves Klein is Yves Klein because it was a, it was something more than just the canvas that made the canvas important. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's Absolutely. our like physical evidence of it. Yeah. That's why it's important. Mm. Yeah. And you could easily just look at that and think, well, I mean, I could go to the paint shop and mm -hmm. paint my wall and it's the same yeah. thing. But exactly. It's, actually, it's the background information. Exactly. Which really changes your point of view and it can be you know, it can be the kind of context of it or the mm -hmm. social history of it. Yeah. But I also think what really, for me, um, makes me appreciate art. So even if you, you know, sometimes you can see an artwork and you look at it and you have this instant emotional um, yeah. response to it. You just it. like it. Yeah. Or But but then there'll be other paintings or you know, other, other types of art where you look at them and you're like, hmm, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's nice, but yeah. I'm not so sure about it. Yeah. But if you know a little bit more about the artist, mm -hmm. um, why they're doing it, how they've made it, how they've, you know, composed it and all that kind of stuff, you, you at least gain a bit more of an appreciation for the artwork. Yeah. It's not necessarily just like, oh, my God, I love it. It's so beautiful. Exactly. You can really get an appreciation for the craft. Yeah, you get it. And you don't have to like it, but it. you get it. Yeah. And that's really, really important. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because some people do say like, oh, so like I get this comment on some of my videos like oh that looks so easy my child could have done it uh, like okay sure like you could have done it but did you <laughs> and also there's a little bit more of an intention with it like the um Gunter Ford exhibit right now at um Hauser and Worth mm. it looks like it's literally is a it's the scribbles scribbles on the wall yeah. there's like 12 paintings they're massive 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 scribbles on a wall I I physically could do it mm. sure but I wasn't inspired by Francis Bacon's studio walls because that's where it came from. Mm. He saw Francis Bacon's studio walls and how he would wipe his excess paint on the wall. So he decided to make a painting of paint scribbles on the wall. Yeah, sort of an artwork. So of it's a bit like a, hi, process. I see, that's quite clever there, Mr. Gunter yeah. Ford, you know. But physically you could, but you didn't, so... Mm. So sit down. <laughs> oh, I've, had, I've had these conversations with, um, you know, with friends before where it's just, and it's exactly that comment of like, oh, I could have done that myself. When you yeah, but to, like, did you? Yeah, but did you? And no. I found this book, and again, the, the author escapes me, but it's really, it's called like my child could have done it. Oh. And like, it's it's all the reasons why your child definitely couldn't have done it. <laughs> I need to so find I will, this. I will find you a copy <laughs> and I will, I will give it to you because... Um, it's just, I don't know, it's poking fun at that. I mean, it's a, it's a really funny book, um, which explains, you know, just how you have now, where mm -hmm. it's it's not necessarily about exactly what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. It's all the stuff around it, which makes it yeah. art. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll find you a copy. Yes, please. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so I also wanted to talk about what what do we think the future looks like in terms of art like enjoying art and um 
access to art because I guess historically, you know, we've already talked about institutions and they really have dominated that space, yeah. which has been great because yeah. especially in the context of the UK mm-hmm. where um, museums are free to go to, you it's, it's, it's opened up access to anyone mm-hmm. that wants to go and experience art. And then um, I guess in the last few years, we've had so many art fairs. I mean, it's art fair after art fair oh, at yeah. the moment. They're really like, you know, becoming really popular. Loaded us up. I know, but that space is really becoming crowded. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, where do we go from there? I mean, there's, you know, websites that you can, like, browse artists and stuff yep. like that. But what's what do you think the future of enjoying and accessing art is going to be? Hmm. I think it will have a lot of... I think it will have a lot to do with experiences. I think that we're seeing that a lot with, like, the immersive things. I think some of them... I think they're cool. I think they're fun, but there's a balance that you kind of got to find if you're if you were to be creating one to where it's not like same same. Mm. Um, there's one actually in Marble Arch right now called Frameless. That was really cool because it's very visual and think they it's moving and there's um, music and stuff. So that was like one of the first ones of those immersive things that I saw that was really cool but we can look at things like Yayoi Kusama's obliteration room things like that like I think people want to interact when they're outside of their house they want to be able to do something and partake in it so I Mm -hmm. think that's really we're going to keep seeing that Mm -hmm. I think it's also going to have a lot to do with the home and a lot more of like a personal connection with the artist like you you don't want to have something hanging on your wall that doesn't necessarily resonate with you even if it's on like a like a light note like you just think it looks cool that is enough but I think also people want to know a little bit more about the artist which is something so beautiful that you do is you allow for people to understand who made what's hanging on their wall so I think people are going to be a lot more receptive and seek out that a little bit more to have something in their house that they enjoy looking at every day and not always have to go and participate Hmm. to have a piece. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. When you think about, you know, going, you know, I went to the, there was the Van Gogh in Shoreditch immersive Mm, experience, which was fun, but it's, it's, it feels it's art themed experiences rather than, going to a gallery or something you know that yeah. kind of traditional um, it's more it's more in a commercial sense of interacting with art mm. I think the galleries aren't going anywhere no especially if, they, if I can have anything to do with it yeah. because I do love going on them. my Saturdays yeah. they're wonderful <laughs> um but I think in terms of like on a really wide scale I mm. think we're going to see a lot more interactive stuff yeah I agree I agree um, but then I guess on the other side of the coin is then the home yes. piece that you mentioned as yeah. well. So it's that kind of going out and having an experience. Yeah. Or you want to really get be, something when you leave. Yeah. Um, or being at home and being able to change the feel of your house or discover new artists and enjoy that, you know, enjoy those artworks in your home. And mm-hmm. exactly what you said, and I think I really like this, is that you can like it because it just looks nice. It yeah, doesn't have that to is be, enough. Yeah, it doesn't have to be this whole sort of no. big story. You know, we did, we've obviously mentioned that you can gain an appreciation if you're reading about yeah. the, the artwork or hearing about the artist. Mm-hmm. But 
it can just look nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just 100%. enjoy it. And it like it some it really it really grinds my gears sometimes when people <laughs> think that they have to come up with some flowery explanation of why they like a piece because of the juxtaposition between the this and the oh, that and the yeah. blah blah blah. Do you think it looks cool? Yes. Right. Done. Yeah. Let's go. If you like it, that's great. That yeah. is all you need to do is like it. You don't need to know anything about it. You don't need to know the artist. But typically, if you like it, yeah. you want to know a little bit more about it. Yeah, you get curious. Yeah, but like there's a lot of paintings that I've seen that I thought, oh, I really like that mm. and didn't move forward with it. Mm. But I liked it. Yeah. And if I saw it again, I'd still like it. Yeah. That's you wouldn't enough. necessarily have it in your home, I guess. Yeah, I, ju- I think I judge a painting on how much I like it by how much I want to look at it every day. Mm-hmm. And I guess we have to have to talk a little bit about NFTs, yes. the metaverse, <laughs> you know, it's all coming. And I don't know, you know, talking about the future of enjoying art, I guess, you know, it's already here. Mm. It's not really the future, the future, but... Um, do you think that's one of the one of the big trends that's going to start getting, you know, is it going to get bigger and more important as we go into the future, in your opinion? Or Yes and no. Mm. In some senses, I do think the future is here, but we also don't know exactly what it's going to look like. As far as NFTs and art, I think that what I would, in some senses, like to see happen is one, for them not to take over, and I do not believe that they will uh, by any means. Mm. They're not they're not taken away from anything. I think a way that they could add is when you buy a an artwork, you get a digital copy as well, almost like a receipt in some ways. Mm. Because I see NFTs going more in a practical sense, um, almost in a way that like online banking has gone. So, yeah, you can go to a bank and have them help you, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then if you need a copy of your statement, you have it online as well. Or you don't need to go to an ATM to check your balance. You can grab it on your phone. But if you do want the money, you're still going to have to go to an ATM, right? Mm-hmm. You have your digital copy of the art to say that you own it because let's say this piece is of particular like substantial value, the way the world is going, I think we might end up seeing like when you get a deed to your house, you get a digital copy as well. So it's kind of like having so it's a receipt copies of, of things. Yes, yeah. it's like a, you have a digital asset as well as a physical one as a part of your ownership. Mm. But I don't think that NFTs are going to take away. We haven't seen what crypto can do yet. Mm. It's here, but it's not not ironed out. No. It is, I mean, like, let, let's let be honest, it's creepy. <laughs> and it does make me a little nervous, but it's nerves in a sense of, like, just because we don't understand it. Um, but it is very powerful, and we have to be careful I with mean, it. I mean, it's one of those, I just, I get asked all the time about NFTs. And yeah, what, they what come we up. Think, I know, it's just that hot, that hot new topic, isn't it? And um, I went to, I was invited to a female entrepreneur's lunch last oh, week cool. at, um, which was great, UBS. Mm-hmm. And it was just women from all different backgrounds doing all sorts of different things. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really art focused. And, you know, we're all introducing ourselves and I'm saying, oh, like, you know, I'm the co-founder of Interrupted Art mm-hmm. and I'm doing this. And they're like, oh, right. What do you think about NFTs? Yeah, and people it's just, love to it's ask the first, about it. like, yeah. hot, sexy, new, you mm-hmm. know, techie thing to talk yeah. about. And, um, it, yeah, the, I guess the way that I view it is more that it's this 
broadly, there's two mm. camps of people where you'll yeah. have collectors or people who are enjoying art and they, they like the real article. They want to see it in the flesh. They want yeah. to enjoy it, to look at it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, immerse themselves in it rather than the other camp, which is about investment. Yes. And I have this with a lot of private clients as well when it's a husband and wife team mm -hmm. looking to buy art for their home. Mm -hmm. And broadly, again, speaking... Yeah. The woman is very much like, I love this because I, you know, I just, I, I've seen it. I love the way yeah. it looks and this is the, what I want. An emotional connection with yeah, it. Yeah, this is what I want to have in the house. And sometimes it'll be the husband, right? Well, you know, is this a good investment? Mm -hmm. You know, are we going to get a good return on it? Mm -hmm. It's seen as that kind of investment. Yeah. And it's, you know, there again, those kind of conversations Creates about a little NFTs. Bit of it can't. And then they don't want to buy. And then they yeah. can't agree, so they don't want to buy anything. Yeah. Well, if they go with my idea, they can get an NFT and the real there one. There you go. <laughs> New business coming soon. Watch this space. Um, but it's, you know, it's the NFT sort of camp. I feel the kind of people that also have these amazing artworks, fantastic, mm -hmm. you know, world-renowned artworks, and they keep them in bond in a warehouse in Switzerland. Mm. And they never see the light of day because it's an investment. Yeah. It's not an it's not a object of enjoyment. Yeah, um, and that's I think that's the the thing that bugs me about NFTs. I also wanted to ask you about how you discover artists because the mm -hmm. you know your your third episode um, of your podcast has mm -hmm. recently come out, yes. and you go to artist studios or you'll go to um, particular exhibitions, but you find you know you, I'm interested in the way that you pick those artists to follow or you mm. pick those exhibitions to go to you know in London we're so lucky that there's so Spoiled many for choice. exhibitions going on yeah there's so many talented artists how do you find your the well, ones that you're Instagram, really interested in honestly mm. um I follow so many artists on Instagram now that I have actually been thinking about making a spreadsheet <laughs> I'm not even kidding a spreadsheet with their name a little blurb of what I think about it and like a picture of one of their artworks to keep to keep track of it because if I'm making a video about something and I just can't remember their name for the life of me but I think their art's amazing I just dig through Instagram yeah um, trying to find it again yeah oh. yeah yeah follow a lot of galleries sometimes like I'll just like look up a gallery that I like and see what's coming um but yeah, honestly, Instagram. Something that's very close to my heart, mm -hmm. which is art in the home. Of course. And enjoying it um, from the comfort of your sofa. Mm -hmm. um, we talked a little bit about what artworks you have in your home. Yeah. What's your favorite artwork that you have hung? In my house? In your house, yeah. <sighs> well, it doesn't have to be one, you, it might, you know. Well, the first one that pops into my Top mind. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, that's much better. The first one pops into my mind is the big flower one that I have near my couch. It's by this artist, Natalie Lewis. Um, and once again, I like it partially because it's really pretty and also because the story of it. Um, when I moved into my, my new apartment, the one that I live in now, it was the first thing I did before I even unpacked my boxes was put that painting up mm. because then it felt like I was at home. Because it was a little bit like, I don't want to get dramatic, but moving out of my previous part was a little traumatic because I loved it so much. I didn't want to leave. Yeah. But they um, raised my rent, so I oh, had to go. they do that. Those I know. So I had to go. Fair enough. Um, and my new apartment was quite a lot smaller and, you know, no more COVID pricing. So I had to really, like, dig. 
Anyways, I really like it now. Very happy with it. Very nice landlord, so can't complain. But once I put that painting up, I kind of settled, and it it was familiar. You know what I mean? It's like your artworks are kind of like your friend. Yeah. I have a a Matisse. It's Matisse's Blue Nude too, but mm-hmm. it's just a print. And I named it Jenny, and that was on my wall for a really long time. So every once in a while, I'm just like, it's my friend Jenny that lives on my wall. Yeah. She's my friend. Yeah. And I can say hi to her if I want to. So it's like, oh, this makes me sound so silly. It's like you're alone, but you're never really alone because you're surrounded by something that makes you feel comforted. Yeah. You know? I know. I completely agree. I do think that, you know, artworks can make your your flat or your house feel like a home. Oh, yeah. It's something Nesting. That, yeah. It's your personal connection with them. And mm-hmm. then when they move from, like, space to space or place yeah. to place, it's... You know, it's a it's a part of you that's going along. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, you completely change the feel of a room. Mm-hmm. I think and yeah. the feel of an apartment. Oh yeah, and like I got that painting, um, the one by Natalie, when I was in uni still, um, and I remember telling my friends at school, and they were just like, "Why are you buying a painting when you're twenty one and you're going to move a lot?" And I'm like, "Well." They, they can move with you. Yeah. You can wrap it's them up a little stuck bit. stuck to the wall. No, and it was actually fairly light. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure my box of shoes is heavier and more cumbersome to move. Oh, my God. I can imagine you with, like, a huge bag of, like, suitcases. You of have shoes and an no idea arm. how many boxes of clothes I brought with me. I had six, like, standing boxes of, of stuff. I'm a hoarder. Yeah. I refuse to get rid of anything. I'm terrible. You'll never uh, know when you need. No, of course not. And like, I remember when I went on vacation once and I, it was when I had just moved and I was so mad that I didn't have this one pair of pants with me because it would have been perfect. And I was just like, this is why I keep everything. You learned your lesson. Mm, Mm. Yes. (laughs) The hard way. So do you ever, you know, move your artworks around to make your room feel different or like once they're up, they're just there and that's where they belong? So far they're up and they're going to stay there. Um, with interrupted art, that's been new for me to have a new refresh mm. with a new painting. So like when I had Shamaya's in there, it was a very different vibe because hers was, I found that painting very emotional. Mm. But the one that I have in there now with Philip um, Carter, right, right, right. I know someone with a very similar name, so uh. I was about to say his. <laughs> um, and that one, the colors in it match very well with the flower painting. Mm. So it's been a it's been a change. So part yeah. of me is just like making me want to rearrange my art as well because without having to move my furniture, I can have a completely different feel in the room. Yeah. So it really does impact you. Mm. Like that's not even in, like that's not a debate. Yeah. It will change everything about how you feel and you are completely in control of it so it can be what you want it to be. Yeah. It's like when you move, you know, when you, you've been in a house or an apartment for a really long time, and then you suddenly think, right, I'm going to move the sofa to the other side of the room yeah. or whatever it is. And then yeah. suddenly you feel like... You have like, to vacuum because there's a bunch of dust under I there. Know. You find that pen that you were looking for in the nearing back that you couldn't find for yeah. years. But you, but it does make it feel completely different. Yeah. And I, I do think, I do that with my home. I move art around quite often. Mm-hmm. And um, it will just make a space feel, you know, from like a dark, moody painting to a really bright, um, you know, abstract acrylic or whatever it is. It just... It, it transforms the space. hundred mm. percent. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, yes, ma'am. what's your favorite exhibition? It can be a recent one or it can be sure. ever, you know, what, what's the best exhibition you've ever been to? Ever, ever in life. Yeah. Mm. 
Well, one that comes to mind is, and it's funny I say this because it was an experience rather than an actual painting, but it was um, Olafur Eliasson at the Tate a few years ago. Yes, that Tate Modern. Um, with the Mist Room. Yes. I really, really, really oh, loved that. I Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like, I like... Um, spinny rides and I think that oh. goes a lot with like disorientation like I, I don't mind getting swirled around a little bit no I'm the opposite <laughs> Get me off this roller coaster. I think that's why it was it's it was wonderfully done but disorientating and I think I yes. just couldn't handle that yeah. yeah no I understand that I went with my mom as well and she refused to go in so yeah I went for a second time by myself but <laughs> and then, then I guess on that same breath I'm actually I'm gonna be in Paris in a few weeks and James Terrell is at Kagosi in there and I'm so pumped. And I think what's cool about his work is like you experience it, but it is just on a wall at the same time. So it's mm. kind of like a painting experience or whatever. I'm looking forward to seeing that in your That'd uh, be really cool. Instagram, watch TikTok, watch YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you, you for having me. Of course. This was very today. fun. It's First time being on the other side. There you go. <laughs> and um, look forward to seeing more of what you're seeing when it comes to art. Yes. Thank you for having me.